As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Uh, very happy to be joined by uh, Ryan Donato. Uh, one of the, uh, honestly, Ryan, I've done so many podcasts with teammates during this pandemic, and I think I got more questions from Wild fans for you than anybody, which just shows you uh, how much you've endeared yourself to Wild fans since you've been here. Uh, really, a little more over than a year. Oh well, I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's cool to hear. Uh, I'm excited about that. So tell me about what you've been doing. Uh, first of all, let me uh, properly introduce Ryan. Again, you're listening to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Uh, Ryan scored uh, 14 goals this season, a career high. Um, but here's the crazy stat. Uh, you're eighth in the NHL in goals per 60 minutes with 1.39. And the guys ahead of you are like guys like Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, David Pasternak, Mika Zibanejad, uh, which just shows you uh, how much uh, you really succeeded this year in pretty limited ice time. Um, and again, uh, 24 years old, six years ago, uh, second round pick with your hometown Bruins. Uh, you won a bronze medal at the 2016 uh, World Juniors and led the USA in scoring and tied for the most goals in the 2018 Olympics with two guys named Ilya Kolvachuk and some guy named Kirill Kaprasov. So, uh, Ryan, uh, welcome to the show. And what have you been doing up, uh, you know, over in Boston before you go back here in Minnesota? Honestly, I was going a little crazy at the beginning. Uh, I was just trying to find new hobbies. A lot of the uh, of guys in my situation were probably going through uh, similar things of just trying to find uh, new things. Obviously, uh, the first thing you would think of is probably just golfing or obviously on top of the working out and skating and trying to find ice. But uh, other than that was, was golfing and, and fishing. Um, golf was a little hard to find at the beginning because uh, with the virus, everything kind of got shut down for a while. So then it turned into uh, – 
into fishing because there wasn't really any restrictions on that. Um, I joined some uh, boat club that's uh, nationwide. Actually, I think it's international boat club that basically uh, has different locations all around the U.S. and they have a couple in Boston. So I joined that and I was lucky to get on the water a couple times. And uh, I also got a puppy with my girlfriend, Bradley. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I've spent my time. Yeah, Moose is your puppy, right? Four-month-old uh, golden retriever? Yep, yep. He's a, he's a psychopath, but he's uh, he's great. <laughs> and during that boat club, uh, Bradley was telling me that uh, that you, li- you like to bring Moose with you, and uh, Moose will go right after the fish? Oh, yeah. He's he's a menace. Like uh, We have this thing called a sabiki rod, and it's when you catch bait, and there's probably five to ten hooks on it, um, and it's just a mess, right? So once you get five or six fish on it at a time, it, it's really, you have to know what you're doing and to make sure you're not getting everything tangled and uh, not hooking yourself and stuff. And then he runs over as soon as he sees any fish and wants to be a part of it, wants to eat, eat it right off the hook. And it's, it's a little dangerous, but he, uh, he has a good time out there for sure. And uh, I know that uh, she, she was also telling me that, that you've uh, know some of Moose's brothers and would go on play dates. Yeah. So uh, Adam McQuaid uh, got a puppy from the yep. same letter and me and Adam are pretty close. Um, and then, so they were brothers and they were going to hang out anyways before that we had that plan. But then, uh, a guy was jogging through the seaport, uh, in Boston when I was walking moose one day and he's like, Oh, you got a cute puppy. We just got one too. It looks just like him. I'm like, Oh really? Where'd you get him? He's like, uh, up in Cumberland, Maine. And I'm like, did you get him last Friday? And he was like, yep. And I'm like, uh, from the gold diva goldens, this place we got him. And he was like, yep. And I'm like, well, where they got, we got brothers. And he was like, are you kidding me? She never told us. So we. He just uh, made the connection, and we saw each other out a couple times, and we had a couple play dates with the puppies. Uh, it was something to do. That is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And Massachusetts was the like one of the last states to kind of reopen, right? So I mean, you've been really uh, probably in a in an endless stay at home order during this pandemic. Yeah, it was a little tough. You kind of had to weasel your way into figuring out how you're going to work out and skate and in that type of stuff. But um, yeah, it was definitely not. Uh, there was really no sense of normalcy until I started to leave um, when they started opening up restaurants a little bit. But uh, other than that, there was was nothing really else going on. And uh, again, uh, Ryan Donato, son of uh, Ted Donato, but uh, maybe the brains in the family might be your mom, Janine. Uh, t- tell us about your mom and and what did she just start? What she just opened up? So she just uh, opened up her new uh, venture. Um, she hasn't told me much about it actually, but I know she does. Uh, concussion work with that um she's done that actually for a lot of my life where uh when i was around 15 my younger brother nolan uh got a really bad concussion in hockey and uh like really bad knocked out cold and was out for a long time and and she was a nurse at the time and she came up with the idea at the beginning at the beginning it was called uh she just did the impact testing from her house and um she changed from being a nurse to doing that and um, she had a lot of success doing that and a lot of fun meeting people and she made a lot of connections and she just started her new venture I wish I could knew more about her new venture, but uh, <laughs> it does look exciting. And I know that's uh, from what I've heard, it's a, a new style of testing that's supposed to be a lot more accurate and uh, include a lot more uh, dynamic testing to kind of have a, a more accurate uh, diagnosis of, of concussions. Yeah, uh, Joe McDonald, one of our Boston uh, reporters for The Athletic, did a story actually on your mom uh, last year 
I think in last November. So if you're uh, listening to this podcast and want to go and search for that story, uh, look for Janine Donato, J-E-A-N-N-I-N-E Donato, and you can read about uh, Janine's work uh, over the years. And um, and man, I mean, you got such a tight knit family. I got to witness that during uh, the game that Minnesota played in Boston this year. Uh, got to spend some time in the suite with your family. Got to meet Nolan and, yeah. and your sister. And um, and I mean, it, 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 that's got to be the, the you know some of the cool stuff about maybe being home is just uh, how tight your family is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got uh, three brothers or two brothers that are uh, close to an age. The youngest one is uh, two years younger than me, and one's one year younger than me and then my younger sister Maddie uh we're all pretty similar in age and personality so uh we get along pretty well and uh obviously my mom and dad uh did a great job uh with us and uh they raised us uh how I want to raise my kids one day too so I mean I, I love my brothers and sister and uh and my parents so we have a really close family and uh I think we got a lot closer once I uh once I left Boston uh, I think yeah. it did bring us a lot closer and uh, kind of made us uh, use the times that we have together uh, uh, more effectively. Just because, I mean, you almost take it for granted that you're you're playing for your hometown Bruins. You're you know whether you're in Providence or Boston, you're around there, and now suddenly for the first time, you're you're the the one sibling that's not there, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I was always uh, within a forty five minute drive of home my entire career uh, up until uh, Minnesota. So for me. It was a big change, and, and that was uh, something that they helped me along with. And uh, now when I get back home, it just makes those times uh, that I get to be with family uh, more precious, and I couldn't be more thankful for them. And Ted still coaches uh, Harvard, uh, which you got to play for him. What, what was the experience like playing uh, for your dad and with one of your brothers as well? Um, and then your youngest brother, Nolan, got to actually go on the father-son trip because Ted had hockey that weekend, right? Yep, yep. Nolan got to, to go to Vancouver, and I think it was Edmonton was the other city. He had a, a great time. Um, but uh, as far as – what was the other side of the question? Sorry. Uh, just, uh, you know, playing for your dad and with your brother. Yeah. Uh, no, that was that was really, really special. Um, I think me and my dad made it clear beforehand uh, that if I were to go to Harvard, uh, he was going to be a coach at the rink and a dad away from the rink. Uh, and, and making those guidelines made it a lot easily, uh, more easy. Um, playing with Jack was, was awesome. Um, it, it was weird. Cause I mean, you don't really, uh, see your brother, uh, as a teammate. I got to play with him a little bit in high school, but, uh, I, I got to know him on a lot deeper level. And, uh, he came to me with hockey questions, life questions, school questions. Um, I think I was coming to him with a few, few school questions as well, but, um, he, uh, he was definitely, uh, very fun to have. I got to be really close with his, uh, class at Harvard as well, just cause I was close with him and, uh, yeah, I was really lucky to have both of them there. And Ted, I mean, how much have you leaned on him throughout your career? I, I know that this there had to be times this year, Ryan, where it was frustrating. As, as I mentioned, all you do is score uh, career-high 14 goals, uh, eighth in the league in goals per 60 minutes. But again, you're in a lot of ways, because of the depth on this team, you were playing fourth-line minutes or finding yourself uh, you know, scratched sometimes. I'm sure that your dad had to sometimes have some heart-to-hearts with, hearts with you. Absolutely. I mean, I think the thing about my dad is uh, he's he's been through it. Um, he's not only a dad that's going to make you feel good about yourself, but he's also going to be honest with you uh, when there's times to be honest. And uh, he'll tell you if you did something wrong or if you did something right. Um, so I'm really lucky to have him. I mean, in every aspect of the way, I always I think uh, Julian Edelman called his dad like a, a fitness coach for his brain or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's definitely what my dad is. Uh, he's like a therapist in a, in a way where I kind of go to him and kind of 
come to terms with what I need to do and uh, and what how I should do it. And uh, I always lean on him whenever I need advice on any aspect, no matter if it's hockey or, or life in general. By the way, you bring up Edelman. I gotta ask you uh, what what you think of Tom Brady leaving uh, your Pats. Oh, I'm not too happy about it. Uh, not too happy <laughs> about it. But I mean, we'll see what uh, Cam can do for us. I mean, I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see all the new outfits that he's gonna have uh, coming to the <laughs> stadium every day. Um, but yeah, I was a little little a little sad to see that happen. It'll be funny to watch Belichick uh, with Cam Newton walking in and all this flash. It'll be pretty funny. Um, yeah, we're talking with Ryan Tanato. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're talking with Ryan Donato. This is Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. To subscribe to The Athletic, by the way, theathletic.com slash uh, straight from the source will get you in for 40% off. Uh, Ryan, uh, really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, Ryan scored 15 points in his first 15 games with the Wild after he got here, uh, debuted on Broadway. Um, six of those uh, 15 games were two-point games. And, of course, uh, I think all Wild fans remember your home debut where you scored the overtime winner against Jake Allen and the St. Louis Blues. Um, tell us a story about you finding out uh, that you were traded because it's, it's just it was a crazy, crazy trade where um, because of some roster complications uh, right before the trade deadline with the Bruins, they couldn't announce the trade. It was broken uh, well before it was officially announced. I, I think, if I remember correctly, your girlfriend, who was playing at Harvard at the time, found out from like a teammate of hers who was like wearing an Apple watch. Um, yeah. It had to be one yeah. of those crazy, crazy experiences. Yeah. So it was, uh, I remember like it was yesterday, actually it was, I was uh, actually coming home uh, to Boston from Providence. I was coming to have dinner with my dad at Harvard uh, and Bradley. We we're going to go out to dinner and I was driving there and I got an agent, a call from my agent, Matt Cater. And I was like, Oh, what's, what's going on? He's probably just checking <laughs> in see how I'm doing. He's like, well, uh, I told you this was a possibility and blah, blah, blah. And I think he talked to me for about 10 to 12 minutes before he told me that I was traded or, or even the team that I was traded to. So I was I was telling him to get to the point. I needed to know what was happening. He's like, well, you've been <laughs> traded to, to uh, Minnesota. And uh, I mean, I, at the time, I had no idea how to handle it. It was kind of just a shock. Um, I mean, I, I, I didn't know how to handle it. I was told that there was no real chance of that happening. And uh, obviously it's a business, so anything's possible. And for me, I, I knew I had to get over it real quickly. And, uh, so I hung up with Matt and I, uh, called my dad and he was just getting off the ice with his own practice. And I think Bradley was on the ice at practice, uh, when it happened. And, uh, when I was getting to Harvard, I was like, you need to send her a text, like call me as soon as you can. Um, something happened and I didn't know how she was going to react to it, uh, at the beginning. And, uh, so I think one of her friends said something to her in the locker room, like, uh, have you seen Ryan recently? And she's like, no. And he's, she said, uh, uh, you should probably go see him if he's upstairs. And she's like, why? She's like, I don't know. I think you might just want to go talk to him. Uh, <laughs> and, and then I broke the news to her and obviously she was a little upset at the beginning, but, uh, everything's turned out, uh, really awesome. And she has a lot of family friends here, uh, in Minnesota as well from, from her experience at Harvard. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a crazy experience. We went out to dinner. We weren't really sure if it, the trade was officially because yeah. I think uh, Minnesota was um, flying. I don't know to where they yep. were flying. They were but, flying uh, in New York. Yeah, they were flying. Oh, yeah, to New York because that's where I play the next night. They were flying and uh, they couldn't get the – I don't think they couldn't – I think it was either Boston or Minnesota. We One of the owners needed to, to sign the, the final uh, – I don't know what it is, just to sign off on the trade. Um, so it wasn't official until the plane was about to land and then I got the call. Uh, from Paul Fenton and then from Don Sweeney and uh, then I, I was told by uh, 
Paul that I needed to be back uh, in my apartment in Boston, in Providence. So it was like an hour drive away from Boston to get all my stuff packed up and I got to be ready to go in two hours <laughs> to drive to <laughs> five hours to four and a half hours to, to New York. Uh, so I drove, uh, came back with Bradley. We packed my entire life up in 35, 40 minutes, threw everything in the car and uh, I was off to uh, New York. Man. And did you, did you drive to with Bradley to New York or, or a car service picked you up? They, we had a car service. So I, she didn't come okay. with me to New York. Uh, she stayed behind. She just packed, packed the car with me and made sure. Cause I don't think I would have been able to do it by myself. And I had a lot of stuff <laughs> that I was going to send home as well. Cause I, I just packed a, a suitcase and uh, my hockey gear, obviously, and, and threw it in the car and I was off. Yeah, and the rest is history. You had a huge game in, uh, at Madison Square Garden, and then, if I remember correctly, uh, the next night in Detroit, and then the home opener. And and as I said, a point of game player for your first fifteen games with uh, Minnesota. Um, again, we're talking with Ryan Donato, who, who, by the way, was the star of my wild anonymous poll in January, uh, for many reasons. If you remember, Ryan, <laughs> you uh, let's see, you I think you won. Um, uh, in the weight room the most, uh, most superstitious. And I think you were close to like picked, uh, with Greenway as like worst roommate. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like your teammates like, like to make fun of you. No, I think they do. I think they just like to give me a hard time. Cause I give a lot of guys hard times too. Um, <laughs> I think the, the, in the gym part, uh, is obviously something I take as a compliment. Uh, the roommate part, I think that's just because I, I have a lot of weird tendencies. I like to get to the rink early. Uh, I don't think they want to have to deal with the alarm going off pretty early. And um, I don't know. I think they just like to give me a hard time, but I, I give it right back to them. And uh, I, I remember some of the quotes when you're most superstitious. Uh, they said that it's like an endless train of like things, you know, times oh, you they're get full water. Of it. Time. They're full <laughs> of it. They just know that it aggravates me when they're on top of me about it. I think, uh, I think Zach takes the crown. If you were actually going to give somebody that's, more superstitious than me uh i think zach would and i think that's the guy that probably was uh talking to you all about uh superstitions that i probably have yeah that's true i remember actually if i remember correctly i think you had the best quote in the entire story and i think it was uh it was about ryan Suter. i we were doing like who has the worst taste in music and you said and you said that uh you think that it's Suter because if you had a guess he'd not he wouldn't be a music guy which i don't know (laughs) why that just made me laugh uh, uh, I might have said something like that. That sounds like yeah. something I'd say. Um, speaking of teammates, I got a text message from a Zach from Bloomington. Um, asked, uh, why didn't you skate with me Monday at Velocity? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had a dog, uh, my puppy Moose. Obviously, we uh, he had to get his last round of shots, so <laughs> I uh, it was kind of a late notice. We weren't sure if we were going to get into a vet clinic because they're not accepting new clients right now. Um, so we got a call and they were like, yeah, we can basically take you in, but you got to come in today to get the shots uh, if you want to get them done. <laughs> and I don't think it was that Zach Parise that texted you that. Uh, I probably, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I let him know a little bit too late and those skates tend to be hard. It's usually two or three guys max. And <laughs> if you cut it to two guys, um, there's a lot more skating involved. And I think he, the other guy, backed out as well so he was by himself so he wasn't too happy about about that but you know what i got a dog now i got responsibilities i told him yeah that's awesome uh again we're talking with ryan zanato and and by the way uh if you want to subscribe to the athletic the athletic.com slash straight from the source 40 percent off but also tons and tons of uh podcasts galore 
and I uh, highly recommend this week. Not only can you listen to Ryan Donato on this podcast, but uh, Eric DeHatchik and Scott Burnside. DeHatchik is filling in for Pierre Lebrun this week, and they've got uh, San Jose Sharks GM and uh, Hall of Fame inductee Doug Wilson on two-man advantage, and also uh, former LA Kings assistant GM Mike Feuda is on with the full 60 with Craig Custin, so um, be sure to listen to those. Um, as I mentioned, Ryan, I got a ton of of uh, Twitter questions from you from Wild fans. Uh, let me uh, roll through them. Uh, Justin Backey asks, uh, you had quite a career in accolades at Harvard. What was your favorite memory of playing college hockey, and have you been able to finish your major in sociology? So uh, I'll answer the second part first. I, I have finished my major in sociology. I haven't finished school. So basically the classes that I have left over uh, are non-essential to my sociology degree. So I just have to finish uh, I could take classes about anything. I think I have four classes left, and then uh, I get my degree. Um, and what was the first half of that? Sorry. Uh, just your favorite. What was your favorite, uh, ac- you know, time at Harvard? Your favorite um, memory? I think hockey memory, I think, was uh, mm-hmm. winning the uh, bean pot. I think. Uh, obviously, it was really cool going to the uh, the Frozen Four. But for me, uh, growing up in Boston and watching the uh, the bean pot every year, uh, knowing how. Uh, much history there is to it and uh, never seeing Harvard uh, win it my entire life uh, was something that I took uh, personally as soon as I got there that was my my number one mission was to to win a bean pot I always had friends and family that would go since I've been a kid and uh, I was really uh, fortunate to do that with my with my dad there uh, Dylan Luke says, uh, Ryan, we've, uh, and you just mentioned this, uh, we've all heard that you head to the rink uh, very early on game days to complete your pregame warm-up. What is your pregame warm-up, and why do you do it when your teammates aren't there? I mean, uh, it's crazy. So I, I think that I get there pretty early, but I'm not that early. Like, I think the next guy after me is 10 minutes after me. I get there 10 minutes before. I, I think me and Luke Cunning get there around the same time. Um, I just like to be there first, get situated. I don't like it being rushed to get dressed. And for one, I, I get home. I think I nap from 1230 to 2.30 uh, right after I eat, and then I'm up. And I don't want to sit around at my apartment for too long. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to do anything, I should just head to the rink, maybe do my laces, tape a couple sticks, um, just get some stuff done so I don't feel rushed come to game time. I just clear my mind and do a nice long stretch uh, on the ground, and then I do my dynamic and and then I get right into it. Other guys like to give me a hard time for being there so early, but uh, for me, it just keeps me at, uh, at peace with knowing that I'm prepared for the game. Right. Uh, Aaron Heckman asks, uh, how smooth has your transition from Boston to Minnesota been? I'm guessing pretty good since you had an incredible season. Also, who was your biggest mentor? My biggest mentor? Yep. Um, well, for one, the transition has been awesome. Uh, I mean, Obviously, it's tough growing up in Boston, uh, being from Boston, playing for Boston, going to Harvard, and, and never really leaving Boston until uh, this point. But uh, Minnesota has been, I mean, unbelievable in the sense of how nice people have been. Uh, the city itself, uh, I've enjoyed a lot. The crowd is awesome. The hockey's great. Um, I mean, there's not much more I could want from a from a hockey city and a hockey standpoint. Um, and uh, I forget the what was the second part. Uh, biggest mentor. Yep, biggest you're, mentor. You're biggest. That, I, 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 that's going to be so hard for me. Other, I mean, my go-to would be my dad, obviously, but uh, somebody that would be my favorite hockey player or somebody that I like to watch that I kind of wanted to be like growing up was probably uh, Brett Hull. Uh, Brett mm-hmm. Hull is definitely one of my favorite players. That's why I wore 16 my entire career until I got to, to Minnesota. 
Yeah. Do you think that you'll uh, keep uh, number six? Uh, didn't your dad wear six? Yeah, that's why I wear number six now. It's because my okay. dad. I said if I couldn't. So will be you 16, keep it even though? Yep. Will you keep it even yeah. though Zucker's gone? Yeah, I think so. Unless mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I, I don't see myself changing. I'm not too picky, but uh, unless mm-hmm. I get some really bad luck with number six, uh, then, I, then I won't change. <laughs> yep. Uh, Aaron Heckman also asks, uh, "What's your favorite pregame meal?" I have the same pregame meal everywhere I go. I do a um, piece of salmon or chicken uh, with sweet potatoes, broccoli, a uh, big bowl of spaghetti, and, and uh, like a pink sauce. I do that pretty much every single game. Nice. Uh, MCS, this is a funny one. Uh, are you coping with uh, Dunkin' Donuts announcing the closure of 450 stores? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky that there's not a lot of Starbucks. I mean, uh, Dunkin's here in Minnesota, so uh, I don't really have to deal with that as much. But back home, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Bostonians that aren't too happy about it. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what, what's it like been, uh, being uh, – have you you've officially entered phase two, by the way? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. So um, what's it like been going to the rink, getting tested every day, walking around with the with the masks? And and frankly, I mean, is this the most bizarre thing you've ever dealt with, that in the middle of uh, the summertime that you guys are really getting ready quickly to play actual hockey games? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – I think bizarre is definitely the, the word. Uh, I mean, it's just difficult, but you just want to – I mean, we're, we're hockey players. At the end of the day, you play hockey for a living, and that's that's what you're going to do. So for me, it's just kind of getting over that mindset of, of worrying about timing and everything and just playing hockey and doing the things you love. Um, I just go to the rink every day. I think it's it's tough if you worry about uh, what's going to happen with the virus or when the season's going to start or all the dates and stuff. For me, I just show up and, and skate, and I'll just do what I'm told and uh, have a positive attitude, and hopefully everything goes well. And it's been uh, comfortable around the rink with, uh, I mean, the masks and, I mean, the tests can't be very comfortable. Yeah, the tests aren't very comfortable, but they do a very good job <laughs> of making sure you're okay. Uh, I think they're doing them every two days now. And you go into the rink and you get your test on, you wear it, walk around with your mask. And when you're in certain areas, you you have to make sure you always have it on. And then once you get up on the ice, you're all set uh, and ready to go. And it feels just like normal. I think the groups are smaller, but I think starting Monday or Wednesday, I don't know the specific date yet, but once training camp officially starts, then uh, we can have a whole team out there and it'll feel just like uh, the regular season again. Right. Uh, Zach Ronaldo asks, uh, your shot percentage is high for your shot attempts. Which side of the ice are you most comfortable shooting from? I'll shoot from anywhere. <laughs> Honestly, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing about me. I, I don't really have uh, a place where I'm the most comfortable. I mean, if I was going to pick a place to shoot from, I'd pick from the front of the net. But, uh, I mean... Uh, I, I could pick from shoot from the left side or the right side. Uh, it doesn't really bother me, and it kind of just depends on the goalie. It is. I mean, you have a heavy shot. It gets on the goalie uh, hard, fast, uh, and quick. Um, you know, was that something that just from a very very young age that you mastered? Yeah, um, I think I don't know why I just had this right as, right when you were saying that this memory. Uh, I think it was Brendan Shanahan. Uh, he skated at Harvard a couple times. Maybe it was like during a lockout or way back in the day. And, uh, not way back, but back in the day. And my dad was talking to me about his shot and how much pride he took in his shot and watching him do all the drills. And I think for me as a kid, that's kind of why I was always trying to shoot the pucks after practice and just worked on my shot. And it's just something I took pride in when I was younger. And I was lucky that I did that because it's a, a big asset of my game today. And uh, it's something that I always try to work on and fix uh, to help my uh, game in, in any kind of way that I can. 
Uh, we're talking about uh, Ryan Donato here on uh, Straight from the Source. Uh, Kenny Mooney asks, uh, thoughts on the leadership group on the Wild? Who's had the biggest impact on you so far? I mean, there's so many guys. Uh, I mean, the guys have been great. I mean, Zach, um, I've been sitting next to him in the locker room uh, every day, obviously, and, or for every game, and uh, just learning from him. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that loves the game. He breathes the game. He's uh, a guy that uh, that works uh, his bag off and a guy that a lot of people, uh, a lot of young players should definitely look up to. So Zach, definitely for one, Miko has been great. Uh, definitely instructs you and in, in what you can and can't do and is very straightforward about it, but also a very likable and uh, team-friendly guy. So, I mean, he's he's definitely a guy that you look up to. And uh, I think there's a lot of guys, uh, suits even too. And uh, I think it just, the list goes on. I think we have a lot, an older presence, and uh, but they're definitely guys that, have uh, had a lot of experience and you just try to learn from them. A great question from the dog father uh, to a new dog father. Um, if you could steal one skill set, uh, shot, skating, or vision from any teammate, what skill would it be and from who? I definitely take uh, Zuki's vision. Zuki's yeah. vision. I think he, he, or sense hockey sense. I mean, I like to think that I have good hockey sense, but I mean, Zuki is just uh, another beast uh, guy that, he just uh, doesn't matter physically or anything like that. He's just going to beat you mentally. He knows where to go. He always knows where to be. the puck's going to be. And a guy that you can uh, learn a lot from. So definitely Zuki's vision. Uh, Sinbin10 asks, uh, what's your favorite grub spot on the Harvard campus? Half A's. I mean, I, I had a lot of grub spots. I'm a guy that likes to eat a lot. But uh, there's definitely Pinocchio's is a great sub, sub and pizza place. Um, and then uh, there's a place called El Jefe's, which is basically like a a Chipotle, but better for me. I, I mean, bet it's healthier, but I also think it's better. So for me, I like the yeah. El Jefe's. It's right in Harvard Square. I can't remember. It was funny. We were. Uh, it was at BU last year. Uh, uh, Dan Myers asked uh, J- Jordan Greenway, like, "Hey, what's your favorite spot near BU campus?" Because they were going to the game, and Greenway came up with like just some random, like, uh, I think it was just actually just a regular chain restaurant. And, uh, and I mean, it's typical Greenway. Um, tell us a yeah. little bit about Jordan, Jordan Greenway, one of your best buddies. I think roommates at the Olympics, right? Yep. Yep. He was my roommate <laughs> there. That's when I really, really Which, uh, got so, to know him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right away, everybody on the wild picked him as in a landslide as like the worst possible roommate to have on the road. Would you agree with that or disagree? I mean, I would agree with it just so I wasn't the, uh, the worst teammate to have on the road, but I think, uh, I think greener, they are just giving him a hard time, but, uh, I think he is a, a, a goofy guy and, uh, a lot of the guys like the rag. I think he'd be a fine, I'd take him as a roommate. I don't know if he'd have me, but he, uh, I think the guys just give him a hard time about some of the pizza that he eats and, uh, <laughs> some of the habits that he has. And I mean, he's not, I mean, he's a very hockey focused guy. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, it's funny. He's just a, a different beast and thinks differently than a lot of the guys. Uh, and it's definitely uh, something that they uh, give him a hard time for. So I think that's where that, that uh, factored in. Uh, Lint Speed asks, uh, what's your, what, and obviously you guys haven't discussed this yet, but what do you think will be your game plan for uh, playing against the Vancouver Canucks? You know, we really haven't uh, got into it too much. I think guys are just starting to uh, make sure they're staying healthy. And uh, obviously it's a big transition. You go from, trying to find ice in whatever city you're at and, and skating as much as you can to here where it's, you have the ice and you have the gym and just making sure you're, you're adjusting to the game the right way at the right pace in the right way. Cause 
uh, you want to make sure you're not getting injured or overdoing it or underdoing it. So I think for one, that's the, the first uh, uh, goal for our team. And then I think once we start practicing as a team, we'll start going over strategy. But uh, I mean, we've, we've played the Canucks before and uh, we know how good of a team they are and how we can play against them. And I think we had a big last game that I can remember against them. We had a big win in a shootout against them and, uh, and it was just an, a good game. So I, I know that we know we can win that round. So uh, for us, we just got to meet as a team. And once we have the full team together, I'm sure the ideas and uh, the systems will start coming. Yep, that was Dean Evison's first victory as a Minnesota Wild coach. Uh, Fiala scored about a minute in, and Galchenyuk tied it late and then scored the shootout winner. It definitely was one of the most exciting uh, uh, wins of the season. Well, what do you think this whole thing will be like in, in Edmonton, uh, Ryan, with no fans in the in the stands? I mean, you know, it's it's game mentality immediately, but I can't imagine it's going to be easy to just manufacture intensity with, with no juice that you're getting from the crowd. Will it be weird? I think it do, it's going to be weird for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a – I mean, I love the crowd, don't get me wrong, but some guys de- uh, feed off the crowd a lot more than others. Uh, it's definitely going to be a, a transition, but uh, I think it's going to be cool from a hockey standpoint and as a fan, just because uh, you're going to get to watch, I don't know how many games in each day, and uh, but a lot, I'm guessing. And uh, just seeing how uh, how focused hockey guys are and how determined they are, even though there's no fans and there's people are going to say all the different stuff about uh, there's no real Stanley Cup that's supposed to go to the, the victor of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, for me, I think it's, even more so because uh, it just goes to show guys that were committed to during the off season or during the, mm-hmm. the break and uh, just showing guys uh, how hard and determined they are, even though the, uh, the, the everything's set up differently. Um, and for me, uh, I'm excited about it, but it's definitely going to be a weird transition. Do you think uh, I asked Parisi this earlier today, but you know, you know, as well as I do, the hockey bench is usually not a PG place, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, curses fly at referees at, at each other, yeah. uh, at the opponent. Um, not that you swear. I think, isn't it true that you don't even swear at all, by the way? No, that's not true at all. That's okay. hilarious. All right. I don't know where that would have started, but okay, yeah. somebody told me that. But uh, but I mean, it, it, do do you feel like that you guys are gonna because now everybody is gonna be able to hear everything? You know, technically on TV, the referees gonna hear everywhere that it might change yeah. behavior. I think you do. I think that's gonna change behavior dramatically. I mean, I think there's gonna be tons of uh, incidents from from having guys talk too loud or say certain things. Just, I mean, if you think about the technology they have today, when you can hear everything, when there's a whole crowd and everything there, but if they have everything like that, the same setup with, with the guys being able to say whatever they want, uh, it's going to get pretty, uh, it gets pretty intense and sometimes got list things fly. And if, uh, if the fans or anybody could hear the full audio behind everything, I think it'd be, uh, cool for some people, but for other people, uh, sometimes in the heat of the moment say the wrong thing. So uh, sometimes things can get tough. So I, I hope there's a way that they can figure it out so that not everything's being uh, maybe a delay or something in the, in the screening time for the games. But I, I don't know how that's going to work, but there's definitely going to be <laughs> some uh, funny, funny incidents for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. A couple more minutes with Ryan Zanato. Uh, Ruslan asks, uh, your best goal that you scored in a wild sweater, would it, would it be that St. Louis goal or you've, you've actually had a, a couple beauties? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one is probably my favorite one just in the sense that uh, it was just kind of a weight lifted off the shoulders. Uh, and it was my first game. I think it was my first game in Minnesota. So it was 
something that I wanted to do was I was like, oh God, I would really like to score a goal in the next like, first couple of games here just to get myself uh, in the picture with the team and uh, just to get a feeling of what the crowd's like mm-hmm. and, and to do it uh, with the circumstances at a very important time of the year and uh, getting it from Zach Parise, a guy that you kind of grew yeah. up idolizing too. Uh, it's pretty cool and uh, definitely the crowd was into it and it was definitely goal that I uh, remember. And the me. Wild had a, uh, they were having a really, really tough month at that point too, especially at home ice. And uh, so you definitely got them off to the Schneid with that overtime winner. Uh, North Dakota guy uh, for living in Texas asks, uh, is Miko as intense off the ice like he is on the ice? Yes and no. I, I, I've been able to get really close with Miko just because uh, I've been playing online with him a lot uh, recently. And he's uh, he's a very intense guy, but for me, uh, he doesn't carry that too much away from the ice. He's a very uh, caring guy, but I think that's why he's so intense. He cares a lot, um, and that's what you want in a teammate. Uh, and once you get past the fact that he that he's very intense, and uh, you know when he's giving you a hard time, or if he's not giving you a hard time, or if he's serious, if he's not, if he's not serious, uh, I think it's uh, getting to know him. You'll get to to respect the fact that he's a serious guy, but he's also a guy that uh, likes to have a, a, a good time too. So uh, I've been lucky to be a teammate of his. Yeah, he is a uh, man. He is a good teammate. I, I remember him losing his mind in Phoenix this year. Remember that when uh, when he felt like Kemper was disrespecting Eric Stahl and uh, yeah. made for some fun storylines as well. Um, uh, Brett asks, uh, what kind of flex and curve do you use on your stick? Um, I use a hundred flex. I like a really stiff stick, uh, and I think my curve is like I think I took it from like Alex Kalorn. It might be like a Kalorn curve. I don't know what it is. I think I took it back from when. He played at Harvard, um, and I took, like, one of his sticks with me to Omaha when I played in the USHL for, like, I don't know, like 10 games. But basically, I ran out of all the sticks that I was using, and I, I used his stick, and I had a bunch of goals that game. And, and then the next game, I had a bunch of goals, and I was like, all right, this is my new stick. And I stuck with that curve all throughout college, and, and I haven't changed since. Um, Trevor asks, uh, any funny stories about Green Wave from the Olympics? <sighs> There's plenty. But I mean the the, the non the PG ones are the uh, like the ones uh, it's just kind of I mean he's a big human obviously as you know and as many people know and uh, we had twin size mattresses that were probably three feet away from each other that we were sleeping in, next to each other and and his feet probably went off the bed I'm not exaggerating probably two or three feet at least off the bed. So for me, seeing him there every night like that, I got to chuckle thinking about it every time. Um, and let's see, I think I have one. There was one other funnier, funny question. Oh, here's, I like this one. Uh, Andrew Woodard asks, uh, do you want to punch Brad Marchand more as an opponent, opponent or a teammate? <laughs> Honestly, he's one of the best teammates you can have. It's the funny part. Uh, as a teammate, you love him. Uh, I haven't been able to play against, I think the one time that he, played against us he was like uh it was at the end of the season last year i don't know i don't i I don't know if i played him in boston or if he said anything but i really didn't have that much time to talk to him but i'm sure not as a as a teammate he's the best as a guy an opposing teammate i'm sure he's uh uh a pain to deal with and obviously a lot of guys have voiced their opinions about that but for me as a as a guy that's played with him uh i understand how funny he is and how good of a guy he actually is um, just, uh, lastly, Ryan, just, uh, this, this whole return to play thing, um, you know, how much are you looking forward to getting into it? Uh, and, and would you like to see if, you know, you can maybe get into more of a, an expanded role here, um, as Dean rolls lines here in the, in this, uh, qualifying round for me, I'm just very excited to, 
get back into things. Uh, I mean, I've worked extremely hard uh, working out and skating uh, as much as I can. Like uh, I'm sure a lot of my teammates have been, but uh, for me, I know how hard I've worked and uh, the work that I put in and uh, the results that I've uh, wanted and, and want to have uh, during this uh, qualifying round and, and hopefully uh, farther past that. But for me, I, I know how hard I've worked and uh, yeah, I definitely like to see an expanded role, but for me, uh, whatever role I'm put in, I'm going to, I'm going to give my A effort and, uh, and that's all I can really control. So, uh, for me, I don't want to overthink about what position I'm put in or what will I be in. And, mm-hmm. uh, for me, uh, that's kind of the mindset I've had all year, actually. It's just, uh, whatever card you're dealt, uh, play with it. I mean, I love playing with Miko and, and Hartsy too. So for me, uh, I just want to be positive and, and be a good teammate and, and work hard and, and that's paid off for us and the team and, Hopefully, we can continue to show that through the the playoffs. Yeah, this will be uh, this will be one of the most fascinating things I've definitely covered in the league. Just watching you guys come back, and you know, as you as you know, I mean, every it's going to be just crazy. I mean, everybody's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to be absolutely fresh. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, everybody's talking about the lack of intensity that there could be with no crowd, but it could be one of the greatest examples of hockey that we see because every team is just going to be rolling right from the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think guys are fresh and guys are excited. They've had the itch for too long. Um, I definitely see where people are saying the crowd gets involved and all that stuff. But for me, uh, hockey's hockey. And once the the blood gets going and uh, stuff happens, uh, everything gets heated. And I think once once that happens, and it will happen, um, it'll make for exciting hockey. Well, hopefully you could bring Moose to Edmonton. I don't know if you can get a little bit of a a permission or maybe from uh, Whitey or or Dean. I would love to. (laughs) Team dog, team uh, emotional support dogs. Yeah, exactly. You know, Breezer. I think today is the day that Breezer is going to be uh, handed back actually to uh, to become a, a support dog for somebody in the military. So um, suddenly there is a position open inside the team. Yeah, Moose can fill that void real fast. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Ryan. I really do appreciate it. And if uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, check out our comment section for each podcast episode at the athletic app and uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe to straight from the source on apple if you click the show url which is the athletic.com slash straight from the source you'll get 40 percent off your subscription uh ryan really thank you so much for your time today yeah of course thank you for having me